Hey, good morning church. Josh here from the Vineyard and I'm so excited to be with you this morning. I get the privilege of sharing a short message for you. Um, today I want to talk about Jesus, if that's okay. I want to talk about generosity. I want to, really want to talk about what it looks like to give our lives away for the sake of our city. But before we jump into any of that, um, I want to talk about the elephant in the room, which is obviously my moustache. Uh, I know what you're thinking, what moustache? But it is there. If you look closely and the wind blows in the right direction, you might be able to see a bit of a moustache. Context with the moustache. I've been trying to grow a moustache for many years. I've been weeping, praying, aching. John and Joni spoke last week about the ache that we have in our soul. I can relate to that. I've been aching for many years for a moustache. And now in lockdown, I've had a bit of time and space I thought I'd let the moustache grow. I thought I'd let it run wild. I thought I'd let it out of the box. And guys, the moustache has come to say hello. I can't stop looking at it. I can't stop saying the word moustache. I'm so excited about the moustache. Um, anyway, that's enough about my moustache. I wanted to bring it up really so that you didn't think I've got like a coffee stain on my lip that I hadn't cleaned or like maybe a mocha if I'm lucky. But um, if you've got a Bible, why don't you grab that? And I want to talk for a few moments about giving our lives away for the sake of our city. I came to Hull 10 years ago and um, I came originally to study at Hull University. I studied English literature with film studies and um, loved it. But actually what I discovered in coming to Hull was I found that I discovered far more than just a degree. I came here for a degree, but I stayed for far more than a degree. I, I bought a house, I met a woman called Hannah who became my wife. I found an incredible church family. Um, and I'm more committed than ever to see my city flourish. I'm more committed than ever to seeing my city come to life and experience the abundant life that Jesus has to offer. One of the modules I studied uh, in the English part of my degree was called Renaissance Literature. And I don't know if you know much about the Renaissance period in time. Uh, I'm sure there's some history buffs out there that know a lot more about it than I do. But let me tell you a little bit about what I do know about the Renaissance. It occurred between 1300 and 1700 AD. And it was a significant time in the story of humanity. It was really marked and known for an explosion of creativity and cultural shifting, which produced a movement which swept across Europe. It started in Florence in Italy. And there was really this, this explosion of wild and radical creativity and cultural renewal, which impacted every area of society. The Renaissance impacted arts, it impacted literature, it impacted architecture, it impacted politics, it impacted science, it impacted faith and religion and spirituality. This movement, this cultural shifting called the Renaissance changed everything. Cities were brought to life. Another word for Renaissance is revival or renewal or, or reimagining or reawakening. That was the Renaissance. It was game changing. It was life being breathed back into cities. What fascinates me most, I think, about the Renaissance period in time was that historians say it was kick-started by an event. And that event was the Black Death, the plague. 
in a period of significant struggle and trial and difficulty and pain and suffering. Some historians suggest that actually humanity in that time became aware of the fragility and the frailty and the shortness of life, that life is fleeting and therefore we need to invest our today better. We need to think differently, we need to think creatively. And and as people began to do that, a movement was born. Church, we are a renaissance people. We exist to see life breathed back into our city. We are not just here to grow a big church. We are here to see so much more than that. We are here to see our city being raised to life. We exist to see Uh, creativity birth. We exist to see businesses flourish. We exist to see hope restored. We We exist to see families reconciled and relationships brought back together. We exist to see the sick healed. We exist to see the brokenhearted bound in in comfort and grace. We exist ultimately to see the kingdom of God extended in our city and King Jesus ruling and reigning and his abundant life permeating every aspect of culture. We exist to see the life of Christ permeating into arts and business and schools and government. We exist to see life restored. We exist to see injustices made right. We exist to see brokenness healed. We exist to see the kingdom of God come. That is why we are here. And I believe if we are to see a new renaissance come from this period of real struggle and trial and difficulty that we have been in, I actually believe this time the church has to be central and generosity is key. Generosity is key. Even in the original Renaissance, I believe generosity was right at the centre of it because these artists, these architects, these writers had to give away what was inside of them in order to bring life in the world. And just like that, church, we have to begin and continue and grow in this invitation to give away what God has placed in us. Generosity has always been a core kind of aspect of what the church was all about. The church has always been marked by radical generosity. If we turn in our Bibles to Acts chapter 2, we see um, that generosity is really front and centre in in the model of church. It says this in verses 44 and 45. All who believed were together and had all things in common, verse 45 of chapter 2 says, and they were selling their possessions and homes and belongings, and they were distributing the proceeds to all, to anyone that had need. The church has always been marked and known for its generosity. Will we as a church be known for that? I actually believe the answer right now is yes in our city. We are being known for that. But actually there is more to the invitation It's a journey of faith. It's a journey of risk. It's a journey of giving away, living with open hands that Jesus is inviting us into. So the church has always been marked by radical generosity. This is what Tim Keller says about the early church. The early church was strikingly different from the culture around it in this way. The pagan society was stingy with its money and promiscuous with its body. 
A pagan gave nobody their money and practically gave everybody their body. But the Christians came along, and this is why they were so countercultural. They gave practically nobody their bodies, and they gave practically everybody their money. Isn't that powerful? What, a, what an incredible witness that as the church, we would be known not by what we're against, but by what we're for and by our radical generosity to our city. Because at the very heart of God is generosity. Rick Warren says, you can give without loving, but it's impossible to love without giving. If we love God and love people and love our city, generosity has to be the overflow of that. So I want to talk a little bit about in more detail what that looks like today. If you've got a Bible, turn to Luke chapter 19. I want to look at one of the parables of Jesus. This is a story Um, that he tells, and the central figure in this story was uh, a nobleman, a king, as it were, which is a picture of Jesus. And what this king, this nobleman does is he's about to go away to receive his kingdom before he comes back. And he gathers some servants to himself. And he says, hey, I want to give you some money. I want to give you some minus. And I want to give this to you. And I want you to invest it and produce a return for me when I get back. That's what he does. And so the king then goes away and comes back and he wants to to meet these servants and see what they have done with what has been entrusted to them. So if we read this from verse 15 of Luke chapter 19, the king has come back. He says this, when he returned, having received the kingdom, this picture of Jesus, remember, he ordered these servants to whom he had given the money to be called to him that he might know what they have gained by doing business. The first came before him saying, Lord, your miner has made 10 minus more. And he said to him, well done, good servant, because you have been faithful in very little. You shall have authority over 10 cities. And the second came saying, Lord, your miner has made five minus. And he said to him, you are to be over five cities. And the final one came saying, Lord, here is your miner, which I have kept laid away in your handkerchief. I haven't done anything with it. For I was afraid of you because you are a severe man. You take what you did not deposit and reap what you did not sow. The king then said to him, I will condemn you with your own words, you wicked servant. And so it goes on to say uh, a number more things. But ultimately, the king is not happy at the man who just hid what he was given and did nothing with it. First thing I want to draw out of this passage with regards to generosity is that God has invested in you. God has invested in you. Think about that for a moment. I love this language of investment because when we often think of investment, we think of investing in maybe stocks and shares or investing in a house or something like that. The language of investment really means to buy into something of value with the hope that it would produce a return. Or putting money or, or something you value in a container in order that it would produce multiplication. This is what the king did in the story. He put something, he gave and entrusted something to the servants with the hope that they would bring multiplication. And you need to know today, guys, that God has invested in you. He believes in you, even if you don't believe in yourself. 
there is something unique that God has put in your life that isn't just for you. He has put something in you. He's invested something in you that he wants you to invest in the world. He has given you something that he wants you to give away. You were made, church, for such a time as this. There is a God-given purpose, design, strategy from the creator of the universe written into your DNA, waiting for you to step up and step into that invitation. It's an invitation to recognize first what God has put in you and secondly, to give it away for the sake of our city. Many people in the lockdown right now are feeling lost, are feeling um, purposeless, are feeling bored maybe. Maybe that might be you. I know there are days when I feel like that. But I have to keep reminding myself, what if God had put something in me knowing that I would be sat in this lockdown season right here, right now, that I could give away for the sake and the blessing and the life of our city. God knew that we were gonna be in lockdown. God knew that you were gonna be in exactly the position you're in right now, surrounded by the exact people in your neighborhood. What if God has put something in you for you to give away, to bring life and blessing and hope, even in this season? God in the parable gave each servant some talents to use, to steward and to multiply. What does it mean to multiply? Well, actually, I think the key to multiplication in the kingdom of God is generosity. Hoarding doesn't work. The key to multiplication is generosity. In the book of Proverbs, the book of wisdom in the Old Testament, chapter 11, verse 24 we get a picture of this incredible upside down nature of the kingdom. It says this one gives freely and yet grows richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers once. Here is the crazy upside down picture of the kingdom. If we give away what we have got, then we will only get more. But if we try and cling on to what God has entrusted to us, then it doesn't end well. So what is in you? that you could give away in this season? Three aspects to that question. What has God put in your head? What has God put in your heart? And what what has God put in your hands that you could give away for the sake of the kingdom of God? What has God put in your head? What are those dreams that you've had in your mind and in your thoughts for years that have maybe laid dormant? What, what, what are those thoughts that you've been thinking that are maybe God thoughts that you've not yet acted upon that you could invest in that for the sake of the kingdom? What is in your mind? What education do you have? What ideas do you have? How can you invest what God has given you in your head to make a difference? What personality do you have? You need to know today, guys, that you are a gift to our city. No matter what personality you you perceive that you have, maybe you think, well, I'm not as gregarious as some people. That is just nonsense, guys. There are people that God has uniquely positioned you with your personality to reach. Naturally, I'm quite a gregarious person, but I'm going to be honest. People often get weirded out by me. People often run a mile. And yet I've noticed some people who are just naturally more quiet are so effective at reaching certain people for Jesus and bringing hope and life into situations that I'm just a weirdo 
out there, isn't it? So what has God put in your head, your personality, your dreams, your education, your ideas that you can invest for the sake of the kingdom? Giving our life away always involves risk. It means acting on it, stepping out in faith. Secondly, what has God put in your heart? What are those passions that you have in here that maybe you've not acted on in a while? What are your deepest desires, that sense in which I feel like I was born to do this? It takes courage to name that and to begin to act on it, that journey. And maybe there's people in our church right now who have been sat on deep desires of making a difference in the world or righting a wrong or bringing justice where there is injustice for many years. I wonder if now is the time to be awakened into that destiny. What are your desires? What are you frustrated by? How could you invest your frustration to make a difference in the world? And finally, what has God put in your hands? What resources has God given you in this time that he's inviting you just to gently open your hands? A really easy way to get involved in this is to bring some food or essentials or baby items to our storehouse. We are giving away more food and essentials than ever before. I think that the amount, the demand that we've had for food parcels has gone up maybe four or five times. It's been extraordinary and from the very beginning we have sought to live a wide open, expansive, generous, compassionate life in our church over the last few weeks, particularly in the lockdown where there is so much brokenness and so much need. And so as a church, we are trying to give away what God has put in our hands. And so many of you guys have been doing that. It's been outstanding to see your generosity. And we want to say thank you and keep it going. I was on the phone just last week to um, uh, someone from a local school who we're now partnering with to, to feed families that are in need in that school. And, and they said to me, Josh, will you be able to do this, what you're offering? And my heart was like, I, I, that's, that's not how I think about it at all. We are committed to giving away everything we've got. And we have seen, we've tried to do that over the last few weeks. And actually, there has been weeks where we've given away everything. And yet God has been so faithful in restoring, pouring into our compassion ministry as much as we can give away and more. We, we, it's, it's unbelievable to see what God is doing in his kindness as we just try and give away everything. This lady on the phone was like, I've never heard anyone talk like that. That's, that's unbelievable. I say, like, that's the nature of the kingdom, guys. We give and God gives us and we give and God gives us. We get to give, to get to give. That is how the kingdom works. So what is in your head, what is in your heart and what is in your hands that you could give away in this season? Maybe it is just a kind word to a neighbour which might bring life into their household. I heard the story just this week of a lady in our church who was out working in the community with one of her colleagues and the colleague was really struggling, having a really difficult day. And the, the lady in her church felt a prompting and took a step of faith and said, look, can I pray for you? And this lady said, yeah, yeah, please do. So in the middle of the street, closed their eyes and they prayed for peace of God or, and a number of other things. As a result of that step of faith, as a result of giving away that simple, kind word, that prayer, this lady who was prayed for has signed up to our next Alpha course. Isn't that incredible how that works? 
I had another story this week of a lady in our church who, who's got a 94-year-old great-grandma who doesn't know Jesus and has been, I think, hurt by church in the past. And she's, this lady in our church has been praying for many years for this lady and she, she texts the Bible verses and she gave her a, a, small, a simple tract, knowing God personally. And she spoke to her great-grandma this week and the great-grandma said, I've been reading that tract every single night. Isn't that incredible? And we're hearing so many stories of this. Guys, I want to encourage you today by saying, as you give away what God has entrusted to you, in, in your ideas, as you begin to invest your frustrations and make a difference in the world, or even if it's just a kind word to a neighbor or a can of soup, God will multiply what you offer him. That is how the kingdom works. And finally, we see generosity unlocking authority over cities. Remember in the passage that we read, the men that multiplied, the servants that multiplied what the king had entrusted to them. God gave, gave them authority over cities. And here is how it works in the kingdom of God as we serve, as we live generous, wide open, expansive lives. Somehow God gives us favour in the city. God gives us favour in the city and faith in the church. God opens doors. And guys, we are seeing that. I'm sure the stories will come out. But the partnerships we have gained in the last few weeks and couple of months have been extraordinary. We're now providing food for um, at least two local schools. Um, businesses are approaching us and saying, we're hearing about what you're doing. How can we support you? It's unbelievable to see the stories that are coming out of generosity. And this is a principle in the kingdom. As we give away what we've got in our hands and our hearts and our heads, we see God pour out favour upon the church. Maybe this is our time to shine. So guys, I'm going to just leave you with a, a, a quick prayer. But my encouragement for you today is, what could it look like for us to give away what God has entrusted to us? Let us not be like that final servant who just hid away our gifts and our talents and our money and just didn't do anything with it. But may we be a church and a community so committed to seeing the life and love of Jesus emanate across our city and permeate every area of society. That we give away everything we've got until we see a new renaissance, a re revival, a renewal in our time and in our generation. Would you just pray with me now, guys? Father, I thank you that you have called us and made us for such a time as this. Thank you, God, that you have been so kind and so generous to us. And Lord, we want to say yes and step into your story of generosity. Would you help us live with open hands and open hearts and open minds to all the things that you've called us to do? Would you help us to think differently and think creatively and think with radical generosity for the sake of our city? God, let us not be self-centered and self-focused and cling on to what you have given us, but God, let us live lives of generosity. And I pray, God, in our time, we would see a renaissance come to our city. We would see life being breathed and restored in our time and in our generation. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you guys. Love you loads. And um, I hope to speak to you soon. Don't forget, if you do want to get involved in this, you can bring food essentials, baby products to our church Mondays and Thursdays, 11 
till 1, 11 a.m. till 1 p.m. Um, we're open for donations on Tuesday nights at 7 till 8 p.m. And don't forget, we're launching an alpha course online next Tuesday. Maybe one way you can be involved in giving away what God has given you is just to send a quick invite to a friend who's been asking you questions. They may say no. Who knows? That's okay. Let's take steps of faith this week. Bless you guys.